yippee ki motherfuckers. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> listeners, and a Merry Christmas. Christmas special. <laughs> You're like a walking sound effects machine over there, aren't you, Billy? That's right. I'm basically a soundboard. <laughs> That was uh, either a machine gun or a helicopter, depending on how it sounds afterwards. <laughs> Throw in a Wilhelm scream and we're all set. Um, well, due to the season, we've decided to throw in an episode of... A Christmas episode. It is the season. And we are tackling my favourite Christmas film ever, Die Hard. Yes, and last week I mentioned that Casablanca is probably my third most shameful film secret. This is my second. (laughs) Because I feel like, you know, obviously Casablanca is a classic, but it is a bit old, so it's forgivable to have not seen it. This, for people my age, is kind of unforgivable. I don't know how this happened. (laughs) Look, it just happened. And I don't know why, because I've seen everything, and it's not even like... It's not even like I was too young, you know, like I remember seeing like Cliffhanger, you know, like, but this for some reason just slipped. And Mm, the granddaddy of them all. Like for me, for me, Die Hard is the film that I measure all other action films against. That's fair because it did come out in 1988. Directed um, by John McTiernan, who the year before had directed Predator. So he's on a pretty good run there. I mean, that might actually be... My two favourite action films ever that he just went bang, That's a bang. statement, yeah. Look, and people in this movie are young. <laughs> like, did you know that Bruce Willis had hair? What? Bruce Willis used to have hair. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no. Like, I legitimately, at several points in this movie, didn't recognise Bruce Willis. <laughs> I get me a few times. I was like, what the fuck is like, you're like why, who is this? Why are we watching this guy? Oh, wait, that's John McClane. <laughs> that happened at least twice oh to me God, that's awesome. in this movie. I tell you what, I, I watching it, so I, I watched it um, a week or two ago because every Christmas, it, in December at some point, I will watch yep. Die Hard. And for some reason this time round, the, the year where it's set really hit home like i recently watched the um the netflix series mindhunter yeah where one of the ways that they remind you of when this is set and that things were a bit different is that you see people smoking on planes and right at the beginning of the film mclean gets off the plane he's at the terminal yeah. and he's smoking so. inside the terminal and you're like oh wow it's very 80s in fact were were it's office, so 80s were office parties in the 80s like this i bet they were because our office parties aren't I like this i bet they you, yeah, you don't do lines of cocaine and bang in an office <laughs> there's cocaine there's boobs flying around like my office parties aren't like this my understanding of the 80s is that that's very much how things went down right yeah yes one of the, is the greatest generation there and there is some great 80s things in this film like Anytime a character needs to let you know that they're serious about something, God damn it! Yeah. I mean, <laughs> times. that's not enough. God damn it! Yeah. Uh, well, to be, I was actually not so much surprised by the amount of expletives in this film because you know I was surprised by the amount of violence, and maybe that's because I haven't seen it. So I'm looking back, and it's it maybe it used to be more common, and now it's lessened. But, um. Quite a bit of violence in this film, which action movies generally aren't very gory. You know, there's... I was going to say you don't think about violence in action films. Well, I mean, you do to a certain extent, but I mean, you think of bullets flying around, but you don't think of like seeing these things very close up in action films quite often. I, I yeah, I was surprised by the amount of violence in this movie. You also have just an absolute A grade eighties sleaze character 
in Ellis. Oh, oh that guy's a dick. There's like slime dripping oh. off that guy. He's the worst. He's probably just a typical lady stockbroker. So he, let me. He probably didn't know they were filming. You he prob- just wandered on. He was set. just there. He was, he was like, like oh, I'm a "There's a Christmas party." <laughs> <laughs> he's he like he's actually like the guy from the Futurama episode. He is the, the guy with, with boneitis. <laughs> I have boneitis. <laughs> so let's just, in case there's other Fruit Loops out there like you, Billy, that haven't seen Die Hard. Yeah, Die Hard is an action film yeah. where Bruce Willis's character John McClane yeah. is in an office building. There's a Christmas party going on of his wife's work. Yes. And some people come in who we think are terrorists and take over the office building. Yeah. And he, one man, yes, has to fight back. He does. And it's amazing. He do- now, I mean, I have a couple of questions. Yep. My first question is, why the fuck is he at this office party? Can we just point out that it's his ex-wife? They're going through a no, separation. No, not his ex-wife. They're separated. They're not divorced. But why is he at this party? Because it's Christmas. It's a Christmas movie, Billy. Yeah, but why is he there? Because he was coming from New York to LA for the holidays. Yes, to visit his children. Yeah, but... So why is he at her shitty office Christmas party? Because he was invited. What, who invited him? And why? keep in mind, her bosses are Japanese. And as part of this great stereotypical thing we have going on, yeah. they probably didn't want to show any dishonour. Yeah, I mean, that's a possibility. That was the one thing for me right from the start. I was like, wait, but what? Is he here just to be the one man? I mean, I know that he is because that's the movie, but, you know, I feel like they could have maybe made it a little bit more plausible. Than oh, it was. Well, Jesus. <laughs> Go home then. Look, I'm not here to shit all over Die Hard, all right? I'm here to have a discussion about a movie that is the second best Christmas action movie Reindeer Games. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Don't which can't I'm, believe you said I, the R I word. swear that next Christmas I'm going to make you watch that. Oh, I mean, no. not, not. I know it's going to happen. That's not a fair. Like, it's not a fair payback because obviously that movie is way better than this. <laughs> but, but I'm going to make you watch that. It's worth pointing out that there were people that had very real reservations about, and it sounds crazy now, but people at the studio had very real reservations about the casting of Bruce Willis as an action hero. Right. At the time. I mean, what was he doing before His this? biggest thing before it really was um, on TV, Moonlighting. Moonlighting, so that yeah. was already on at this time? It yeah. was, yeah. So Moonlighting was on air, and that's kind of who people thought of. If you say Bruce Willis, they thought Moonlighting. Right. Okay. i got to say... Now it's crazy to think of Bruce Willis not being accepted as Bruce Willis. I gotta say, you know the one thing I realised watching this movie? Bruce Willis used to be so much more likable. Like, just his on-screen presence, he was very likable. Oh, McLean is so good. But these days, he's a steaming turd. In everything he's in, you just hate him. Um, Maybe that's just me. I don't know if that's a commonly held opinion. But he was so much more likable back then. It's true. You know the other great thing about the casting? Did you know that Alan Rickman's in this movie? What? I had no idea. I mean, this did is. Did you the, hang on? Did you actually not know? I actually didn't know. No this is way! Not that was a huge shock to me because here's the thing, like obvi- again, similar to Casablanca last week. I've never seen Die Hard, but I knew quite a lot about it. Everybody knows about Hans Gruber. I knew Hans Gruber. I didn't. You know didn't it was know Alan, Alan Rickman. I was shocked. That That's Hans amazing. Gruber, because you know when Alan Rickman came on screen, I was like, I thought the bad guy in this was Hans Gruber. What's Alan Rickman doing being a being a bad dude? Because Hans Gruber is foreign to me. And Alan Rickman talks like this. No, he, no, he, no, he. Do- Sorry, no, he didn't. <laughs> well, he certainly didn't in this film. It threw me, but I, yeah, I so was Hans, very like, happy. Hans surprised. Gruber. I subscribe to the school of thinking that Hans Gruber is in. He's in the pantheon of screen villains. He's I out there. Love Hans Gruber. I can 
I can I think I can only think of maybe one and a half better than him in action movies. John Lithgow in Cliffhanger. Why are you embarrassing yourself like this? John Lithgow in Cliffhanger is brilliant. And John Malkovich in Con Air is maybe... He's the half for me because he's maybe better than Alan Rickman. I thought that he was the hero in Con Air. John Malkovich? Yeah. Nah, he's the villain, mate. Oh. Well... I think that I just thought that anyone trying to kill Nick Cage in a film. <laughs> Why couldn't you just put the bunny back <laughs> in, in the box? box. <laughs> oh my god! Um, so one of the things, like Gruber, is just great by himself. Yeah. One of the things that makes Gruber and this film so great is that going to another Bruce Willis film in Unbreakable, when which is a fantastic movie. When Mister Glass is talking about the kids, how they call do Mister Glass? <laughs> That's the best part of the film. Yeah. <laughs> I know I keep interrupting you, but please go on. <laughs> the thing that makes in in comic books, yeah, the thing that informs you as to who the arch villain will be, is it's that, the relationship. Is that he is the opposite of yeah. the hero. And uh, here we have this slick, suit wearing, efficient because yeah. he's German. <laughs> yeah. Up against very efficient. You know this New York cop. He's yeah. either wearing a singlet or. No shirt at all. Yeah, look, he I doesn't even have shoes. I have to question something about that singlet. Does he change singlets in the no, movie, or it is just it implied gets, that he's so dirty? It just gets really dirty between like because from one scene to the next, it changes from it white goes from to white brown. to brown. And I was like, yeah. hang on, wait. the aging process on that wifey <laughs> happened real quick. It happened so like before there's really any major action. It's like brown and not like patchy brown. It's brown. It's like a solid brown singlet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the relationship between those two characters, you're right, is brilliant. But I love the fact that they're in communication throughout almost the entire film. It really does um add something to this. It's not just kind of this unknown, like they're both very much aware of who the other person is. And it's kind of a real cat. And, and like mouse. they almost like each other. Oh, they do. They do because one know, thing about Gruber is that you like you just love him. Well, like he's a dreadful human being. He's charming. But you kind of love him. He's charming as fuck. But yep. not only that, he likes the thrill. The amount of times in this film that he says like, that style. it does it doesn't matter. You know, like people keep his other henchmen keep coming up to him being like, "Oh shit, this happened." And Gruber's like, "Who gives a fuck?" And then one of the things that's so great about like it's got one of my favorite ever villains in Gruber. One of the things I think is so great about McLean as the hero is that he's not too Awesome, like he's not like Jason. He makes he's not Jason Bourne. Yeah. How often in an action film would it be a problem that there's glass on the floor? You are right that things did affect him, which usually, yeah, these people are like even you know, like I recently saw um, Atomic Blonde, which I absolutely loved. It's very stylistic, but one of the things is that Charlize Theron is being like thrown around by these massive, you know, German guys, and she's barely taking a bruise. You know, like. You know, whereas with this, yeah, he is actually affected by what's what's happening, which, yeah, that is nice to see. And there's, like, he's even got this kind of, like, there's this fish-out-of-water element going on as well with this, you know, guy from New- that works in the streets of New York. <laughs> yeah, like, he's a cop. He's but now he's, he's surrounded like- by, he's surrounded by, he's in a, a building where rich people work. Yeah. And which has been taken over by really excellent rich yeah. thieves. Yeah, so he's a, he's a fish-out-of-water in, in in both of those groups. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah. Yep. And look, this film does have some of the best 
kind of action movie lines. Oh, it's right up there with Speed's. Yeah, well, I'm taller. Oh, <laughs> like that's that's top of the heap. <laughs> that's that's, that's right the up there. Best. But but there there is some great stuff. Like I promise I won't hurt you. <laughs> but my absolute favorite is not even like said out loud in the way that's great. It's when the elevator doors open and there's that dead terror there and he's gotten written on his sweater. Now, now I, I have, have a machine, machine gun. gun. Ho, ho, ho. 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 <laughs> and that is just great. And then, like, maybe my favourite catch cry in cinema history. In Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Yeah. Which, again, it's one of those things that even if you haven't seen this movie, you know that. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you, you know the name John McClane. You know Hans Gruber, even if you've never seen this mm. movie. I'd had, you know, I'd had um, Hans Gruber's death spoiled. Before I saw this film, because I saw Die Hard with a Vengeance first, right? Because this film came out when I was a kid, yeah, and I wasn't. It was pretty hard for me to get away watching violent films at home anyway. So I first saw Die Hard with a Vengeance at a mate's house whose parents had hired it, yeah. And so we watched the video there, and I I love Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yeah. Die Hard's my favorite, but I do love with a Vengeance. And in do you that, love it with a Vengeance? One could say. <laughs> and in that, there is a flashback to Hans Gruber being killed. Oh, really? So, See, because I mean, it's, it's maybe it's obvious in that I haven't seen I haven't seen any of the Diehards. I haven't seen with a vengeance. I haven't seen Die Harder. I haven't seen Live Free or Die Hard. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't seen any of them. Now we've so th- we're doing this as a Christmas episode. There might be people out there who are taking exception that do, using Die Hard as a Christmas film. You've watched it now. Yeah. Do you think it's a Christmas film? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's a Christmas film. It's good because it is. Like, I mean, it is. It's yeah. It's definitely a Christmas film. There's carols in there. Actually, one of the great needle drops in this film is when they crack the vault and um, "Hymn of Joy" plays. Yeah. So good. But also, like you know, it is about a family getting back together. Oh, that's true. It's a it's a family reunion film. It's a family film. Yeah, it's basically look who's talking. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Now, while there is a um, a hero who you feel very much could be killed by just a bullet, as humans can be killed by, yeah. the film does have an unkillable henchman in, yeah. in Carl, who, yeah. like, how is he not dead? Well, Are he, you kidding me? This is, in a lot of ways, he seems like the big bad. When he first came out, as I said, because I was surprised to see Alan Rickman and I, in my head, I couldn't reconcile Alan Rickman with Hans Gruber. I was like, oh, okay, so he's Hans Gruber. Because it took a while before they said their names. Yeah. I was like, all right, this guy's Hans Gruber. Yeah. And then I was shocked to find out, no, it's Alan Rickman is then, Hans Gruber. Was that Kermit the Frog? <laughs> was... Hi-ho. <laughs> Hans Gruber here. Hey! <laughs> that could be a thing. Yeah. Um, but the, hen- the unkillable henchman, Carl, yeah. like when he gets essentially hung by McLean. <laughs> and he's up there for... I mean, yeah. they've got time to get people up but to the roof okay. and come back down, and he's still hanging there. But, you know, he's like... He's dead. Yeah. But then he's not. But, but you know... Like, the thing is, like, you Carl, forgive that. Carl, Carl's a good henchman. Yeah. He's a good henchman. He's a big... He does his job. He's, he's a, a big, big scary shit. dude, but then he does lose credit at one point. When they're, when they're having their, their, their big fight, he comes at McLean... With this freaking karate chop. <laughs> which he like... And he telegraphs it from last week. He like runs at him like Austin Bowers. Like he's going to bitch slap him. <laughs> it's like... <"Hood> up! <laughs> I'm like, oh, Carl, come on, man. <laughs> Thankfully, we've kind of moved past the karate chop 
That's what I mean. Eighties action films tend to be the best, but I'm happy to leave the karate chop <laughs> back there. Can we talk about um, some of the other characters in this film? Yes, particularly the cops outside. Oh, yep. Because you've got to love Pal. Like Pal, you know. And at the end of the movie, John McClane, Officer, Officer Exposition, <laughs> John McClane meeting Pal is a more romantic moment than him reuniting with his wife. When they meet and they have that like long glance, and you know they slowly walk over to each other, and you know, like it's it was it was a pretty great moment. And the other huge moment for me is about halfway through, and I'm like, holy shit, that's the principal from the Breakfast Club being just as much as a dick as he was in the Breakfast Club, Pal's boss. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yep. And he was basically the same he guy. He is the same character. I wonder if that's him. He's probably got a twin brother. One's a principal and one's a police captain. That's another great <laughs> that'd, 80s. That'd be such a good sitcom. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, that's copyrighted. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone, see with a circle around it. 2017. <laughs> that's the best. Um, coming to you on Netflix in 2018. But that's another great 80s trope as well. The the douchebag oh, yeah. police captain. I mean, the, only, the only thing we're missing is Pal being one day from retirement. That would have really made this for me if he was like, I'm, you know, or like, I'm too old for this, man. Like, I'm one day from retirement. Yeah. That would have done it for me. Yeah, that's a good call. <laughs> yeah. The only other thing for me, there were, there were kind of like the two things. Firstly, I'm like, why, why is he at this party? The only other time I questioned... Did he mean for that explosion to be that big? I don't believe Because his did. wife is in this building. Yeah. Does he? Like, is he in that much of a rush to get out of this building and see Pal that he doesn't care? His new he... love. <laughs> because that was a big explosion. A big explosion. Did he mean for that? I don't think he did. And that's why, like, when, you know, when the fire rushes up at him and he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's like, oh, snap. <laughs> I didn't think that was coming at me. Uh, okay, so how old were you when you first saw this film? Um, I was actually, I was, I was trying to think about that when I was, when I was watching it, I was wondering how old I was and I suspect I was 14. So you were young, you were young, you were at about the time that most children are allowed to start watching these kind of films. And so has this always been your favorite action movie since that point? Actually, I mean, I always loved it. I always loved it, but I actually grew up liking Die Hard with a Vengeance more. And there were other action films as well. Because you'd seen it first or... Yeah, probably. I was probably uh, probably did have something to do with it. Yeah. But then, as the years went by, and I and I revisited it and watched it again and again and again, it just it kept making its way up the ladder yeah, okay. for me. There were just more things about it. I'm just like, this is just this is the bible for action films for me. Yeah. And this is the one that I measure all others against. And I I absolutely agree with you there. The problem for me is that similar to you liking Die Hard with a Vengeance more because you'd seen it first. This is now a 30-year-old film that I'm seeing 30 years too late. And I, I really, really appreciate it. What have you got it. against shoulder pads? <laughs> I really, really appreciate it because I understand that, yeah, this is, this is where all those action movie tropes I've been loving really came from. But I've already been loving those tropes and seeing them for 30 years. Mm. So I'm now seeing this through the lens of 30 years of other movies, some of which might be technically better. So for me my expectations were so high because everyone is like, you know, this is the movie, you know, this is, you got to watch this. And I finally watched it and I just, I really feel like I've been done a disservice mainly by you for not forcing me to watch it. I'm not know, a good like, friend. Like Clockwork Orange style, just like making <laughs> yeah. me, because I, fi- I have feel- Have you seen Clockwork Orange? <laughs> okay, good. I have seen that. Okay, we don't need to do that. Because <laughs> I feel like I'm too late, you know, like I, I, I enjoyed this movie, 
but I didn't enjoy it as much as a lot of other action movies that I've seen. Because, mm. see, like, for me, like, Cliffhanger is my diehard. You know, I saw Cliffhanger when I was, like, 11. You know, movies like uh, Executive Decision, Con Air, The Rock, you know, these are the kind of movies that I was watching from the age that you first saw Die Hard. So I'm now looking back at this, and, and it's a good movie, and I really appreciate that it birthed all of those other movies. But if you haven't seen it, you might be too late. I'm going to I'm gonna ask you for a, a rating out of 10. Yeah, look, I struggled with this. <laughs> I, I really did. Because like I said, I liked this movie. I, I really liked it, and I had a fun time watching it. But when it finished, my first thought was a 6. Oh my but God. it's gone up since then. I feel like this is at least a solid seven, if not an eight movie. And, and like I said, I feel like if I had seen this 20 years ago and I had the love for it that you do, I'd give it a lot higher score and I wouldn't have a problem with that. But mm. looking, looking back on it and because I feel like I'm way too late to the party, I think the most I can give it is you know maybe like a seven, seven and a half. For you? You know, I actually really struggled with it as well because it's the first time I'd watched it since... I started check, like, essentially checking in films on the yeah. IMDb app. So I actually had to give it a rating for the first time. And it was really hard for me to pick between a 9 and a 10. Right. Because I, I don't like dishing out 10s. Yes. Unless it's pretty well, special. Well, worthy. So does this film have, you know, does this film have enough going for it that it measures up against other 10s? Well, in a lot of ways, no. But then again, if I think it's the best example of a... Yeah, of, of a, a genre. genre that I really enjoy. Yeah. Surely that makes it a 10, doesn't it? So what did you end up going with? Or have you still not decided? I'm still... I think I'm... I think... I, oh, I need a... I think I'm going to go 9. Right. Just because is... Do I, do I think Die Hard... Do, do I... Am I really comfortable with putting Die Hard next to Casablanca? And I very nearly am. Yeah. And I have no beef... With someone who does want to do that. I'm yeah. not going to argue it. And I'm teetering, but I just can't quite. Right. Which is, that's cool. This is the first time we've done one of these lookbacks episodes where the person who instigated the watching of it hasn't given it a 10. Yeah, true. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad for that. I think, honestly, this we've had a really good streak these last couple of weeks, man. We need to go see something shit. Oh, we need a dud. Because we haven't... Or know, at least something that one of us thinks is a dud. Yeah. It's some yeah. slagging. The internet, the internet doesn't like positivity. No. If I've learned one thing in my time <laughs> of the internet, and I have just cracked email... <laughs> <laughs> People don't want to say nice things. No, they need us slagging each other off. Yeah. All right. So if I you mean, do want to say nice things, if you do want to say nice things to us, then you can definitely do it uh, on iTunes or on Stitcher, wherever you can rate podcasts. You can email us at bearsonfilm at gmail.com or you can join us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and have a party with us. That'd be great. I hope Christmas has been great for all I of hope you that you have celebrate a wonderful Christmas that day. Um, and I truly do. I hope, hope you that, watched Die Hard. I truly do hope that you watch Die Hard for Christmas. You know, it's it is a great Christmas Eve movie. Like, like I can't think of anything else I'd want to watch on Christmas except for maybe Muppet Christmas Carol and if you really push me, Love Actually. So go watch Die Hard. Just do it. It's the right thing to do, people. <laughs> See you, Billy. Gotcha.